Two friends, Alan Dale and Jerry Carew, who grew up just a few streets apart in St. John's East End, have been separated by Canada's geography for three decades. They came together virtually during the pandemic to chat about like-minded interests. Alan lives in PEI and Jerry in Newfoundland. Thriving in remoteness has been a common theme for both of them during the pandemic. Gale Force wins. The podcast is the result. And welcome to Gale Force Wins. I'm Alan Dale, and with me as always, Jerry Crew. How are you, Jerry? You know what? I always say I'm doing well. I'm excited. Uh, we've got, um, you know, Alan, you're a very good friend of mine for many, many years. Craig Rowe, who we've got on the podcast tonight, has also become a very good friend of mine. We've served together on volunteer capacity. Um, not a lot professionally, but we got to know each other in your time, Craig, as, uh, as Y on the Y board. So, uh, yeah, I'm doing well, Al. Great. Jerry, uh, Craig, I'm excited to hear about everything that's going on in the technology sector in uh, Newfoundland and Labrador. I'm amazed at, uh, you know, the innovation and creativity and the connectivity of Newfoundlanders across all sectors, culturally. Uh, There's such a wonderful group of people. It only makes sense that that finds its way into technology. And I want to explore that a little bit here tonight. Craig, why don't you go ahead and rec- uh, introduce yourself. Thanks, Al. Um, yeah, so Craig Rowe, I, 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 I feel like I'm, uh, I'm uh, in the early days on the, uh, on the sh- Wayne's world, that I feel like I'm in, in Wayne's basement and, uh, and uh, it's just, uh, just the start. So once you guys are uh, hit a really big, uh, I can say that I was on one of your uh, earlier uh, guests on the podcast yeah as a joke craig i joke with everyone we we are reaching tens of people so. <laughs> i love that uh, wayne's world has uh, got a uh, uber eats uh, commercial now that's right okay. um yeah so uh i'm a founder and ceo of clear risk a tech company based in newfoundland and uh i'm currently chair of the board of tech nl which is the uh Industry Association for Technology and Innovation and all things uh, digitization technology in Newfoundland, Labrador. Tell us a little bit about Clear Risk, Craig. Yes. How long have we got here? Uh, I'll be brief. Um, yeah, so Clear Risk is, uh, is 14 years old, um, and uh, we. Um, it's, it's it's a type of a business where uh, I, I got to be careful not to get technical because you know the people that use us uh, geek out on risk management and uh, insurance and things like that. But but basically, we help companies to be more successful uh, by helping them to manage the risk better. Which means uh, you know business is really about maximizing the upside of your business and minimizing the downside. So you want more good things to happen than bad things. You want to make good decisions around what risks you take, and you want to make sure that you uh, take measures to mitigate your risk. So our software for large enterprise, public and and private sector, um, they have a lot of assets. They have a lot of moving parts. They have a lot of, uh, you know, big expensive uh, insurance policies. Uh, They self-insure a lot of stuff. A lot of things go wrong. You know, people slip and fall on their floors. They have contract disputes. Vehicles have accidents. Buildings have windstorm damages. 
all those things are managed in our software by those large organizations. And so, and the data that they get out helps them to know where the problem areas are and helps them really helps them to reduce their costs. One of the things that I always uh, say to our team and new people that join the company in terms of, you know, why I started the company, I used to be the risk manager for the city of St. John's and uh, shortly after I joined, uh, well, actually, well, it happened before I joined, but I, I learned of it shortly after I joined that there was a, you know, there was a, a person who was uh, killed, uh, you know, because they were hit by a city vehicle. And uh, it made me really realize early on in my career that if you do a really good job of managing risk, you can protect people from harm and protect the, the organizations from harm. And every organization is in business or, or operation for a reason. If you're a charity, it's for a charitable purpose. If you're a, a for-profit, you're in business for some sort of a, 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 a mission or reason, uh, you know, in addition to making money. Uh, and if you do a really good job managing risk, bad things won't happen to people and more good things will happen. So that's why I, I did it and that's why I love what we do. That's a, a great explanation of the company and indeed of risk management uh, holistically. What, what brought you to risk management? Like what was the driving uh, force there when you were a young guy? How did you get involved in this? Well, it's the type of career that no one really picks uh, on purpose right. <laughs> you just you know <clears throat> i got into insurance when i was really young uh, i was in the insurance business at johnson insurance for a long time a bunch of different jobs there and then went out and start and and, exp and expanded into uh, commercial insurance and and uh, a buddy of mine was leaving the job as risk manager at the city of st john's and he said uh, you you should apply for this job it's a perfect job for you and uh I had no intention of working for the private, for the public sector. I actually love my, I, I went there, I said, I'll spend five years and I was just under five years and I left, but it was great experience. Great experience being the risk manager. I loved working with the people there. Government was nothing like I thought it was. At least the city wasn't. It was very, it was at the time anyway, I don't know about now, but it was a lot, it was 15 years ago, but it was really well run. Great managers that really cared and worked hard and, and, and st managers and staff. So I was pleasantly surprised, and it was a great experience because it led me to this, and uh, it, was, it was good. So, uh, Craig, so there you go. You, you Public service, you, you did your time there with the city, and uh, fantastic to hear it was positive experience because sometimes government can be a little bit clunky, but it uh, sounds to me like this one was efficient, which is great. Uh, started your own company, running your own company, and then you decide to take on a leadership role holistically in technology companies in Newfoundland. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, as Jerry mentioned, we were on the board of YMCA uh, together. It was called the YMCA of uh, St. John's at the time, and now it's the YMCA of Newfoundland Labrador. Um, and Jerry was chair, and then I was chair uh, after Jerry. And Jerry and I uh, led the YMCA here through a, a period of significant change. We were we were in, in a very difficult time and myself and Jerry and the rest of the board uh, did some hard things and, uh, and, but ultimately led us to a good place where we built a brand new uh, building, the Chesapeake family Y and, and, you know, we're helping more than 10 times more people in the community. Uh, so, you know, and just like Jerry and, and I'm sure you Al, you know, if, I've always been on boards, uh, that was one of my best experiences. Uh, but, um, you know, my dad was always involved in stuff, and uh, I, 
I just always got involved in stuff. It was just wasn't even something I thought about too much. Um, <clears throat> so as you know, as you do more and more of that stuff, you get more experience, you know. And then when you, when there is something that you care about, then you because you feel like you have something to give, uh, you know, whether you do or you're not, you don't feel like you do. So you want to give back. And, I, and so you pick the things that you want to give back to. And uh, I really care about this province and I really care about the tech sector. And I, and I, I honestly, truly believe in my bones that uh, Newfoundland can have a very prosperous future. Uh, but not by accident. It has to be by design, and we're in a competitive global environment. Everyone's competing for uh, their own piece of the, of the technology pie. Uh, I have my own thoughts, which we can talk about today, about what we need to do to be competitive. Uh, but I, I, I think that we can, and uh, so I, I, that's why I stepped up to get involved in this, because it's a, it's a worthwhile cause. I've got three kids, and, uh, uh, you know, I love this place. I just, uh, I'm going to just jump in there, Craig, and uh, not to, t we'll, we'll come back to the tech piece, but I do want to just talk a little bit about your time at the Y and you did, uh, you know, one, I'll never forget one time I was ready to jump off the cliff of this chair. You and I had a conversation and, and you basically talked me down off that cliff and I, I appreciate that. One thing that I personally did after the Y experience was step back from volunteering a little bit. Uh, I've watched you in awe, frankly, as you've not only gone on to be chair after me, but then you went on to be chair of Y Canada, I believe. Uh, um, I, I, I applaud you for that. And I just want to get a sense of, like, you didn't just stay here in St. John's. You've gone on to do that. And for me, I, I had to step back, take a little break. It was such a tumultuous time and took a lot of time from, from me and, and my family. But um, just talk a little bit about that. And I believe, were you not on a, the risk management board for Canada or something like that? Is that something else you did in addition? I went on a lot of boards. And one of them was the, actually the, it was the risk and insurance management society it was the, the the global organization i was involved on the canadian one but not on the board but the, so the risk management organization out of new york uh yeah before i uh that was while i was the risk manager for city of st john's you can only be on that board if you're actually a working risk manager so when i left there i'd step down yeah, and, and I, mean, I just want to highlight that. But the other thing that I personally learned from my time on a board is, is a lot of the management things. I wasn't necessarily getting that. I'm in a sales role. When I started interacting with guys like yourself and a lot of other people, I found it to be just a fascinating experience in terms of leadership, management, and all those things, you know? <laughs> well, you know, that's the great, one of the great things uh, about being on boards so that, again, uh, if you've done it, you guys know, but if anyone who hasn't yet, <clears throat> is it gives you a set of experiences that you don't necessarily get in your own business, right? So, you know, not everybody is involved in, you know, hiring and firing and, and st strategy and, and governance and management in their, in their job. So it, it makes you better at what to do. It gives you more experiences. It broadens your your, your horizons and your, your experience and, and your relationships. I mean, I would not have met you, Jerry. And, um, you know, so it's uh, – I, I, I always recommend to young people, you know, early in their careers that they should get involved. And uh, just so one of my staff uh, 
uh, said to me yesterday he's interested in getting on boards. We had talked about that, and I always encourage people to do it. Your your desire to serve is admirable. I mean, that's fantastic to want to give back, and then and not only that, but to encourage younger people to do the same. You're right. You gain a lot of experience, but you give a lot of yourself to get that, and and that's uh, that's admirable. And your passion for Newfoundland, you can feel it. So. Explore that a little bit more. What is it about Newfoundland that that drives you? What is it? Why is that in your bones and the and you want to drive the technology sector forward in that province? I don't know. I mean, I've thought about that. I mean, I don't know. I mean, does anybody know why Newfoundland has this pull? Like that, you know, we just everybody just wants to keep coming back and they got they love it, they have this affinity. I, I think it's it, I think it's just we we're you know we we are a very distinct culture and we and we got a really strong sense of identity. Um, so you know there's a lot of cultures like us uh, around the world and we're, we're we're I think it's part of it is because we're small you know small cultural groups uh, that have that sense of identity. You know, we've got we got something in common. You you could be in an airport in Asia and you hear someone you hear, you can hear a Newfoundland accent. And all you got to do is if you catch where you look at them go like that and they know, they know who you are and where you're from. I love that. I love being from here. And, uh, you know, I, I always say too, that uh, we talk about, uh, we talk about Newfoundlanders by choice, right? People who come here from away, like the Jason Brown, our, our buddy, uh, Jerry, uh, Jason Brown, yep. CEO to YMCA here. Jerry and I hired him. He came from Ontario. And uh, he came here and, and he loves it. He bought, bought property, bought a summer place out in Port Rexton. They, and they do more stuff to enjoy uh, the outdoors Newfoundland than I've ever done. And recall that people like that Newfoundlanders by choice. But I always say that anybody with options is a Newfoundlander by choice. Me and my wife, we were, you know, we're, we're, we got options, we got careers, and, and we, we didn't just automatically stay here. We grappled with it. We, we, you know, will we stay? Where's the best place to to have a career and raise a family and well when we decided to stay i mean i'm all in i'm, I'm building the business here i'm determined to make it successful here and one of the things that you know uh, when whenever you i remember hearing jeff eaton at uh, young adult cancer speaking his kids went to the same school and he was given a graduation address one time and and uh, he was saying that talking about you know adversity and the reason for you know he, he young adult cancer and into a national uh, cancer charity and uh, he said you know about being motivated by uh, the naysayers and being motivated by uh, just uh, an unwillingness to just don't just an unwillingness to fail like and to give up and and that resonated with me because um, I feel the same way. It's like every time that there's an adversity, and we've done a lot over 14 years building a technology company, every single time something happens, I say, there's no way this is taking me out. I'm, 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 I said I was going to make a go over here and be successful, so I'm, this, isn't, this, isn't, this isn't the day. Today right. is not the day. This is not the thing. And you do, if you say that every time, eventually you, you, you get to a good place. Right? You just, this is not the day. This is not taking me out. So... So I don't know. Newfoundland is is a special place, and and once you make the commitment here, and just I think we all, uh, if you're gonna get get the benefits of something, you talk about charities. Uh, you know what you get, you give a lot to. You get a lot. Uh, sorry, you give a lot too. But you know, it's 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 it's, uh, it's a bit of a paradox, I think, with with uh, charitable giving, and that 
the more you try to give more than you get, you end up getting more than you give. <laughs> the more you get. Yeah. So same thing with, uh, you know, with, uh, we should take the same view to, you know, saying we decide to grow our business in Newfoundland. Um, so we, we do it because we, we love the place and we, we want to get something from the place. So we owe it to the place to give something back. So I always admire politicians. <clears throat> uh, a lot of people hate them and, you know, you might not always agree, but listen, man, those people give up their, their careers. They, they interrupt their careers. They significantly, especially in the social media age, open themselves up to a ton of criticism. There's no privacy. Those people, that's a sacrifice, man. And that's a public community service. And I, you know, so, and so some people choose the political route. Some people volunteer. Some people grow businesses. There's, you know, we all give back in one way or another. You need it. You need all those pieces, right? You need all those pieces working together. And I've often thought of Newfoundland like uh, being on a ship at sea. When you let the lines go on a naval destroyer, and you go to sea, you're on your own. There's no one there to help you. Everything you got to figure out now on your own. And I always felt that's why Newfoundlanders did so well in the Navy, is because they got that right out of the right out of the gate. They understood that we're in this together and we're going to make it work. And you're right about Newfoundlanders, you know, by choice. We, Jerry and I had the privilege of uh, interviewing Ofra Hanoi. Now, Ofra is a world-leading cellist, you'll know. And she could have pointed her finger anywhere on the globe and said, I'm going to live here and I'm going to be successful here. She chose Newfoundland. And she chose Newfoundland for a reason. She chose Newfoundland. Not only is it a beautiful place, but the people are wonderful. They're resilient. They're caring and they're concerning. And they're, back to my point at the beginning, they're innovative and they're creative in everything that they do. Tell me about that innovation and creativity that exists right now in the tech sector in Newfoundland and how you think that's going to help Newfoundland be successful into the future. Yeah, I've thought about that a lot. I mean, what makes uh, Newfoundlanders, Labradorians uh, innovative? I know, uh, you know, a big part of there's, you know, you got to be sort of a jack of all trades to, to start and run a company. Um, uh, and um, one of the biggest success factors in my opinion is is what i talked about you know like just it's like rocket you rock and quote rocky balboa now but it's not how many times you get knocked down it's how many times you get back up right but it's 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 it's, it's just true you just only got to get up one more time than to get knocked down that's all um and um so you know listen we <laughs> 400 years ago, they used to they used to punish people by making them stay on the island and, and overwinter here, right? And, and very rarely did they come back and find them still alive. But after a while, they figured it out and they 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 uh, they decided to stay here over winter uh, by choice. <clears throat> you know, we got we got resilience and tenacity and spades in our genes, right? There's that. Um, and also, I think the ingenuity of, you know, God, we all got grandfathers that, you know, could put an arse in a cat and never threw anything away, never threw away a nail. And uh, I'm, I'm like that. Like, I, I've always, I was always, whenever someone, my, my father couldn't drive a nail, but whenever someone came into my house, I was right up their arse. I was, I was fascinated by anything uh, that they'd, some people make and stuff or fix and stuff. So I picked it up. 
Uh, but but that was that was no one's like that anymore. Most you know, my kids can't do anything either, right? Uh, I wonder what's going to happen. Uh, with the next <laughs> yeah, they can't they can't end on video games though. Uh, <laughs> we all have similar aged children, just so you know. When, right? Yeah, no, when when uh, yeah, but they can't anyway. Uh, some someone will, someone probably still will have some skills, but uh, but anyway. So, uh, but that I think we come from that 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 is in our DNA as well. Uh, that <clears throat> that resourcefulness, and and you got to be innovative in order to, to to survive with scarce resources and and with, in isolation when you can't just go out and get what you want. You gotta you gotta make it or hobble it together. So um, you know, I, I I think that that's a big part of where it comes from. And there, there is something, there is something special and something magic happening here in the Newfoundland and Labrador tech sector. There's no, there's no question about that because when you look at the our small population and the small number of startups relative to you know other provinces, our success rate, and and you can define success in a lot of ways, but. Or you could say our lack of failure rate uh, is lower, but our success rate is higher. We've got a lot of really uh, rapidly growing, high potential companies here. And there's a few things that I would attribute that to. Uh, <clears throat> one of them is we have a, we've developed and it's that sense, part of it is the sense of community we were talking about earlier before we started, <clears throat> that, that um, where we just really want to help each other, right? Uh, yeah. There really is that, like the, 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 even the, the informal networks uh, in Newfoundland. So when, when I started ClearRisk 14 years ago, there wasn't a whole lot in terms of an ecosystem here, right? Now there's a really robust ecosystem. Um, but even then, you could pick up the phone and call someone. They would help you. They'd give you the time of day. Um, and um, so there, there's that. There's that innate need to, to help other people. Um, and so I think everybody kind of realizes, look, they had mentors. They had guides. They, they want to help somebody else. So everybody's that. Also, as you get older, and I'm, I'm, I'm realizing this myself, you get energy from being around younger people and, and people you know, you're excited about their ideas and building something. I love, I love that. So I'm, you know, me and others like me, we're totally willing to, to mentor and, and to help. Um, and, and then there's the, that's the informal part. And then there's the, the formal networks, the ecosystem, like Genesis Center. Clearest went through the Genesis Center. Genesis Center is great. Genesis Center is world-class and, and we're lucky that we have that here. And, and, there's a, there's a fabulous woman CEO, uh, Michelle Sims, who's just taken that and transformed the organization. It was always good, but Michelle, Michelle was there and we went through. She was a junior junior person, fairly new hire, and we went through and she came up through and, and she's uh, CEO now. And she's, uh, she's exceptional. Um, and there's a lot of other uh, organizations in the ecosystem. I mentioned a few, like, for example, MCE at MUN, the uh, Memorial Center for Entrepreneurship run by uh, Florian, uh, he, he's incredible. So we, there's, some, there's some really, really great people running some great organizations. Uh, TechNL, we just hired uh, two years, a little over two years ago, Paul Preston, phenomenal CEO, doing, doing really great things. So there's great organizations led by great people in this ecosystem that are really moving the dial. Uh, and then there's 
Then there's some other things. So uh, there's the governments have have always been uh, supportive. Uh, ACOA is great. Listen, we're really lucky in. in I know people in other parts of the country. There's an equivalent to a COA in, in every part of the country. I think there's five organizations or six across the country that are COA equivalents. And um, um, from everybody that you talk to who, who's familiar with them will say that a COA, there's something special at a COA too. Uh, so that's all of Atlantic Canada. And we got all the supports in federal government, like the NRC and, and SHRED. Um, and the province... The province is great. The province, uh, the province, <laughs> that we've always been supported by the province, and so has the other had the other entities. But um, the provinces has always sort of suffered from being a little bit too bureaucratic and and a little bit more slow moving. And so we've really been working with them. That's over the past fifteen years, in my experience. So. That's not a partisan or political statement. Um, so, and we've been working, instead of criticizing them, we've been working with them to try to help, to say, look, here's where there's friction, here's, here's where, where you can, where, where we think that uh, you can move at the speed of business, right? That's the key. Right. Business wants to move fast, government wants to move slow. It's, it's natural, but uh, so you've got to try to break that down. So, again, great support of, uh, in both levels of governments. And then there's um, there's some special individuals out there. Like I tell you right now, this 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 ecosystem would not be as successful as it is without Mark Dobbin. Mark, it, without it, without a Mark Dobbin, this does not this doesn't happen. If you look at Mark is Mark is behind Verifin, he's behind Sequence Bio, he's behind Colab, he's behind Misa, he's behind Breeze Suite. He's behind. Um, I know I'm, I'm leaving out some, but <clears throat> Mark is got yeah, Celtics. He's 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 there with with you know most of the uh, successful companies. He, he's not not behind Clearis. But one of the things I said this to Mark last week on that uh, webinar we did. Uh, even though Mark, like you know, I talked to Mark lots of times over the years about Clearisk, not looking for investment per se, or you know, but just. Mark, you know, here's here's where you are. Here's what we're doing. You know, what what would you be thinking right now? What would you be doing? Always doors always open. Like I mentioned before, people want to give back, but he puts his money where his mouth is. And and when they take on a company, they don't just put in money. They got a great team down there with Joe McKenna and Tom Williams, some really smart people down there, and and another you know the rest of their team that go in and they don't just put money into a company, they go in and support it. They help bring in uh, other good board members and other investors. They help you find the next round of capital. They're always there for their follow-on capital to maintain their position and to help support the company. So, you know, there's a bunch of things that are involved, but that's just the things that uh, come to my mind. Greg, uh, sorry, I'm going to jump in there because, you know, I've been thinking about what Mark Dobbin has done. And I mean, I don't know, it's interesting and I appreciate you talking about that. One thing that I'm always curious, and it's a question I, you know, would probably pose to him, but I want your opinion on it. Uh, hopefully we can get Mark on this uh, podcast, but someone with his financial resources could literally be down in the Caribbean, you know, sipping Mai Tais all day. What is it about someone like him and then the guy, John Phillips, I believe was his name that you had on the, on the other day on the tech and L uh, technology summit. Why do these guys do this? Like, you know, they don't need to. Why, what, what drives uh, someone? They, 
they don't need to financially. No. Right? Yeah. They, you, you don't, you're not driven by success and, and challenge right. uh, your whole life. And then all of a sudden you stop because you hit some magic number. There, there is no, there is no, okay, I got X amount of dollars. I'm, I'm good. You know, the, these people, so there's a lot of motivations. One is they, they love the, the, the thrill of, of, uh, Finding a gem, polishing it, making a success. You know, having a having a strategy, seeing it through, and being successful, helping helping other people be successful. So I mentioned Mark Dodd, but there's others like him. Joe Mark Sorrell. Joe Mark was an investor in Clear Risk, and Joe Mark, you know what he said to me is he wasn't make Joe, Joe Mark. You know, people like that. You know, the, the chances of making money, and most investors are realistic. The chances of making money in a tech and in, 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 in give pick one tech investment. The chances of making money in, if you invest in one, it's pretty same. You go to you got to invest in and do your research, invest in fifteen or twenty, and you might get one or two that that do well, right? But Joe Marks, you know, he said to me, and and I quote him. I don't think he'd mind me quoting him because, uh, and because I think it's it speaks to what Mark does and John Phillips as well. He's like. He said, I had a transformative financial event, and I'd like you to have one too. <laughs> uh, so I, I love that because, and it was too true. It was absolutely genuine. He wanted other people to enjoy his success. And, and I think that's what drives Mark and John Phillips. And look, John Phillips, I mean, he was one of the early investors in Shopify. He's still one of the major shareholders. Uh, and he's and he comes down here and he invests in sequence bio and other companies he and and he's he's closely mentoring the CEO there and he does he need to do that absolutely not uh, but you know like I said this it's, it's like working with young people is like smelling a baby's head right it's the found it's the found of youth <laughs> Craig I don't know you should be putting, you should be putting uh uh, you should be putting logos on cups like these ones. I mean, putting an arse and a cat, transformational financial event. These are these are gems. Make any of those up. <laughs> you can't make them up. Craig, fascinating what you describe, how this entire ecosystem seems to be working perfectly together, whether it's the government supporting through a COA and the provincial government, uh, or whether it's industry all working together to see each other thrive, and indeed the academic institutions through their engines forcing all this thing. It's a, an absolute recipe for success. Tell me what the roadmap is for the future. Where do you see the success points? How do you see Newfoundland this tiny little rock in the sea. And many would say, how can they do it there? How do you see it happening? So another thing Mark Dobbins said a couple of weeks ago at that uh, webinar uh, uh, that we had on uh, with, with Shane, the Seamus O'Regan uh, as his idea and Seamus moderated the session. Uh, and we had the CEO for NASDAQ on celebrating Verifin's success and talking about the same question now, how do we replicate it and how do we, how do we get going? And, uh, Seamus asked Mark, you know, how how did Verifin do it in spite of our isolation and he's and, and, and our remoteness? And Mark said it wasn't in spite of it, it was because of it. <clears throat> uh, and it's that special magic sauce that I talked about before about uh, about this place and our and our DNA, but also the support systems that are here. Like that's that's why it happened. Because there, there's a lot of people around you that care about your success and, and, and help you. <clears throat> uh, going forward. 
I, you know, I've thought about this a lot uh, in, in just in my own role at, at Clearis, but also in a lot in the past couple of years at uh, Tech and L. Um, you know, because you 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 got to think about this as if this was my business, if 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 the Newfoundland tech sector was my business, what would I do to compete globally? Because that's what we got to say. Like, what what's our? It's a long phrase. I always love the phrase. Uh, it's the best way to to describe it. What's our long-term sustainable differentiated competitive advantage? What what is it that we can do that's special that that the market needs that is hard for somebody else to disrupt, to replicate or disrupt? Um, and <clears throat> I come back to two things, and they're related. One is um, this whole idea that the, you just mentioned, Al, that the ecosystem works so well together. If we can figure that out even better and 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 bake that into the cake, where and I, I said this to a lot of politicians and bureaucrats over the past year. When the pandemic struck, we created a task force of tech company CEOs um, and government officials at the federal provincial government that, that are involved in, in funding and supporting uh, the tech and innovation sector. And we met there at the beginning, we met weekly and sometimes more frequently with individuals. They were so incredibly interested, curious, responsive. When we said, when we went to our members and we told them what the members need, what they're feeling, what they're going through, what they need, we came back to them. They did it. Province and feds. Like to move, they moved at the speed that the business need them to move at. It was phenomenal to watch. And I've said to, to, to Minister to Seamus, Minister Reagan, we call him Seamus. It's one thing that's a little bit Newfoundland, you can call your politician Seamus and Danny. Um, and um, I, said, I said to him and I, and I, and I said to, to the Premier and, and, and others, if we can take what we've been doing in, since the pandemic and institutionalize that so that that's how we operate together going forward, so that, that, so that industry, the industry ecosystem, governments, uh, companies, if we all were closely aligned and could respond quickly to what the needs are and the upcoming needs, if we can figure out that here, let me tell you, look, we're competing against other jurisdictions in the world, other provinces, other states, other countries. So we're, we're competing against other bureaucracies. Tell me that that's not mm -hmm. something that's hard to replicate in, in another bureaucracy. So if we can figure that out, that's one thing. And the next thing is the single biggest challenge for especially an advanced economy is talent. So, you know, for you know, in the 80s, we didn't have a lot of, in the late 70s, early 80s, we didn't have a lot of oil and gas talent. We had to bring it in. Now we have it. We have it here in spades. And we're sharing it with the rest of the world down in you know, Guyana and other places. Um, and um, so if we can use that first mechanism I talked about, how, about how closely we work together, all the players in the ecosystem, to identify what the talent needs are now and over the next three to five years so that we're always telegraphing and, and able to pump through out of having kids come out of schools. Jerry and I got kids that are in, uh, I don't know about UL, but we got kids that are, that are in high school and coming through and early stage university. 
if we can have all of our kids coming out like way ahead, like come up with a curriculum that's that's fluid, that they're always learning logic and data analytics and whatever, all the, the building blocks. Sure, they need to learn liberal arts too. We need to have critical thinkers. That's an important part. But and I'm not saying high schools or should be voc should be trade schools, vocational. But you know, at the building blocks about technology and business and entrepreneurship. That shouldn't be that shouldn't be optional. That should be mandatory. So if all these kids are coming out and then they can go in, our university, Memorial University right now, can only pump out a maximum, I think, of 25 computer science grads a year. So if we do a really good job and get high school, we're working on getting high school kids interested in tech sector, if 400 of them come out and say, oh, I want to be a programmer, they can't. Yeah. Now, you know, you got College of North Atlantic, you got organizations like Key and College. Um, but um, it's, uh, so, the, you know, all talent, if we can figure all that out, there's a lot of things to figure out and lots of things to do. But if we had a, a robust and stable talent pipeline here, so that all the all the talent that that are needed now for the for current businesses and and what's coming down the road, so AI, IoT, robotics, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, if all if if we could create that talent pipeline and and be a, a place where, where things got done uh, easily and a place for people to do business. We have people coming here in droves to start businesses. Yeah. We'd be successful for a thousand years if we could figure that out and sustain it. And, and it's, and you know, it sounds to me from what you've described, it's within reach. I mean, I look what you've described to me as you were describing it, all I could picture was a boat going down to the finish line in the regatta everybody is rowing together and they're putting energy into it and they're all equally making the win and that's the way i see that and, and to me you're at the point now where you've described you've articulated perfectly the direction you've got to go it just requires some tweaking for sure and it, and, and it seems like everybody's in the conversation well, it's like a new a newfound a newfound politician that we all know. Uh, John Effort uh, used to say, "It's not rocket surgery. Uh, <laughs> the only all, all it takes is not it's not hard to figure out. It's all it takes is the will. Just think about it. If if all the stakeholders had the will to do it, of course, you know you got to agree on 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 approach or, or some things like that. But anyway, it's it's something that I think that uh, is definitely doable. Well, certainly we had the president of MUN on. Uh, She'll air in a couple of weeks, and she's speaking the same language you are. So it's uh, it's fascinating to hear people talking about the same challenges in the same way. So, Craig, clearly you've got an amazing vision for Tech NL. You certainly see a pathway for it, and there seems to be a lot of people in the boat rowing together. What's next personally for Craig Rowe? What's over the horizon for you? I got a lot of work to do with ClearRisk. Uh, ClearRisk is doing really well. <clears throat> we're finally, after a long time, in the rapid scale phase. We're we're building out our team. We're our sales. I mean, the pandemic is actually not as slow. Did slow us down for a few months at first, while companies could have figured out what was going on. But we're mission critical software. This actually probably heightens the need for our software. Uh, we were already on that path. We're we're doing very well. So I. Uh, we're we're busy at Clear Risk building out a great team. We just we just hired a, a two new people today. Um, we uh, you know we're double the size we were a year ago, and a year from now we'll probably be double the size again. Um, 
So that I'm, I'm, you know, Tech and L is is great. I'm I'm finishing up as cheer in May. Dan Bray comes in after. He's with Sequence Bio. He's he's awesome. So, and we got a great board there. We're recruiting for board members now. Um, so uh, we we got a great board there and a great staff there. So uh, you know, and you know the the board there and uh, the Kendra McDonald, the board chair before me, and. Uh, and the and the other board members, uh, it's it's just it's done such great work since I not since since I've been around not because I've been around because since I've been aware and seen what's happened there, it's done great work and that's built on the backs of other board members and people that uh, came before us. So that's Tech and L's in a good place. I'm I'm glad to have been a part of it for for a while, uh, and and at, and at a time where there's been I love it when being involved when there's challenge, but also when there's opportunity. So you know you hope like to think you you leave a little bit better than you found it. So, but I'm glad I'm glad to be uh, you know those things like Jer Jerry said earlier. You know you you feel like you need to get away from it. Like you throw yourself into something, and you do you 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 do need to get away from it for for lots of reasons. Um, because one of the best thing biggest best reasons is and good governance requires turnover. Mm -hmm. and, uh, fresh ideas coming behind so so no so I'm, uh, so my point is i guess that uh, i'm i'm greg rowe is is uh, all about clear risk uh, for the foreseeable future i'm not in, entertaining any other you know volunteer roles uh, in the short term that said uh, i'm a, i'm a sucker and when someone knocks on the door or something i, I care about but uh, no i'm I, I got lots to do yeah, Craig, that's a good point. <laughs> Sometimes I find it hard to say no. Mm. Tell us about that. <laughs> Are you the same way? Oh yeah, big time. I've gotten better at it, <clears throat> um, but uh, and sometimes I've said yes and wish I said no. And uh, if you regret that, because you should, you know, unless you can throw yourself into it, it's, uh, so you know, if you get if you do get involved in something and you feel like it's not a good fit, step aside. Yeah, uh, because um, uh, is anyone young who's considering it? Uh, you know, because you're taking up a space for someone else who could be passionate about it, and it's not always going to take. So, just like if you go to a job, it's not always chemistry, right? You just you might think that you want to be on that board or do that, and if you but if you get there and you find it's not, there's it's better for you to step aside than to sit there and take up a seat. Hundred percent. That's great advice, Jerry. Your thoughts on that? Well, yeah, just on that point, I mean, one of the things Craig and I worked hard on was that point with the YMCA. It was, you know what, if you're going to join this board, you're going to have to roll up your sleeves because we've got some serious cash flow problems. And, uh, you know, I was accused one time, Craig, you probably heard of this, a lady in the parking lot of the Y poking me in the chest. You're running this too much like a business. And I'm like, well, ma'am, you know what? If we don't run this like a business, you won't have a place to come to in a month's time. So, you know, again, learning experience, just um, I got so much more out of that than I ever got back in. But, uh, you know, Craig, just listening to you talk about um, your experience with Tech NL in particular, I've been a tech person for many, many years. I've invested in the tech markets, uh, you know, in the stock market, which hurt me extremely badly in 2008, but I'm covering from that, <laughs> thankfully. But uh, it's just, it's so heartwarming to hear you talk about the Newfoundland tech industry and uh, your part in it. 
has been something that I find just uh, invigorating. And I'll tell you, the Tech NL um, webinar that happened two weeks ago with the Dean of Friedman being on, the panel, John Phillips, who frankly, until that particular webinar, I never heard of the man. And then when I did my little bit of research after and realized that he was one of the very first investors in uh, Shopify, uh, and, and he's investing in Newfoundland. It just seems interesting. On that note, um, are we attracting new venture capitalists to to uh, Newfoundland, Craig? Oh yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, so, Verifin uh, sale to Nasdaq for 2.75 billion USD, so three and a half billion Canadian. Just think about that. One of the biggest, uh, if not the biggest tech exit in uh, Canadian history, not just Newfoundland history. Um, <clears throat> that is phenomenal. And Newfoundland, that's really going to help the Newfoundland tech sector. But it doesn't come without its challenges, right? Verifin was already uh, gobbling up a lot of our talent and uh, driving up the cost of talent, which is great for employees. And again, I don't want to remove, I'm not being negative at all. It's very positive, but say- under, under, um, Listen, I understand that. I was on the receiving uh, end of that. Challenges. Yeah, yeah. Um, which, which are manageable, and, 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 and I would call them high quality problems. If you didn't have that, if you didn't have that, then you, know, you, got, you have worse problems. So we've got problems because we're being successful here. That's, I'll take it all day long. But what we just need to be aware of it and, and manage it, right? So the ta that, that's why we're working so hard on talent. We don't have enough talent to go around for all the companies that need it. Um, so we're, we're actively working on that. But one of, the, one of the other really good things about this is, you, you, do you think that there's any venture capitalists in the world right now that aren't aware that NASDAQ acquired Verifin, a Newfoundland company? Right. Yeah. There's not. Those guys, they all know the deal flow. They, and that's, that was a really big one. Uh, and so that's on everybody's radar. So I get contacted all the time by venture capital companies and private equity companies and other investment bankers and stuff like that. We all do. And it's, it's, it's nothing to get too excited about, to be honest with you, because we're in their sales pipeline. Right. So junior people whose job it is to reach out and call every single tech company, especially is to get to a certain size, find out about them and, and see if they're fit. And, you know, that's just their sales cycle. Let me tell you, in the past few years, since, since not just since their acquisition, but since Spectrum Equity invested in them, um, you know, 70, 80 million dollars, whatever it was. Um, I get whenever those people talk to me, they say, Verifin is, is by you, aren't they? So what that does, um, so we know, we talked about here today, Jerry and Al, like we know that there's something special going on here. We know that we got a higher success rate. They don't know that in Silicon Valley unless they hear stories like Verifins. Right. So yeah. uh, one of the things John Phillips said in that webinar, and it's totally true, when I started at Clear Risk well, almost 15 years ago now, um, venture capitalists felt like they had to be able to drive to visit their money. Right. Now, they're agnostic about where you are completely. They don't care. And, and web-based web -based, uh, applications and SaaS business model has allowed them to do that. They follow 
they want to make investments wherever there's good investments to be made. Uh, so Verifin validates that there's something special going on here. Just like in, in uh, New Brunswick, Jerry, a couple of Jerry Pond's companies, Q1 yeah. Labs and, uh, and Radiant 6, two extremely uh, big uh, exits out of Fredericton. So that put New Brunswick on the map. So yes, the end, long way to say yes, it's really helping the, to attract other capital here to Newfoundland Labrador. It's fantastic. It's exciting. We're nearing the end of our time with you, Craig, and we always ask our guests to leave the audience with one small piece of advice or something that you should, that you think people should think about as they think about the discussion we've had here today. What would that be for you? I don't know. I mean, there's so much to go going on, but uh, now we we didn't talk about much today about the the pandemic. But <clears throat> I think top of mind for me is nothing is going to get back to any semblance of normal until we get by this. So, you know, just I mean, I, I know I don't want to be preachy, but everybody just has to be extremely vigilant. The quicker we can get past this, the quicker we can, we can things are going to be more prosperous after that after this. Uh, so, you know, that, that's top of mind. I think that should be everybody's first priority right now is, is to, is to keep that uh, from spreading so that we, and we can get, uh, we can get back to normal life. Uh, outside of that, I, I just want to encourage, I don't know, you know, who your audience is, uh, but I think that it's, we all need to, uh, encourage young people, especially girls. Do you know that only 20% of the people in tech sector are female? Um, no, didn't know that. Only thirteen percent of people in leadership positions in the tech sector are female, and only five percent of founders are female. It's a big problem. Uh, girls uh, up through school do well in STEM uh, and and in university, but for some reason, uh, they uh, that you know there's a lot of work being done on this. So. Um, you know, we need to encourage young people, in particular girls, because we're basically leaving out almost half the population of the tech sector. Because say we got a talent problem, and half the population doesn't even give it a look. So, um, if you, uh, for your own kids, for your friends who got kids, uh, you know, tell them about the tech sector. Tell them about the, all the opportunities. There's there's thousands of jobs available in the next few years thousands of jobs, really the best paying jobs you can get, the best career prospects you can get, because you, you, you learn that. And if you can't get a job locally, everybody, especially through the pandemic, everybody, oh, not, well, not everybody, most companies now are hiring people remotely. They've gotten over it. Just like investors will invest remotely, people will hire people remotely. If you can, we can encourage the next generation to uh, be a, a highly uh, skilled, uh, technologically skilled, digitally skilled, uh, they'll be better off for it and our province will be better off for it. So I, I just want to spread that word. That's fantastic. Jerry, your uh, final thoughts? Yeah, yeah, Craig, I mean, I, I've been involved in a business that's spread out across Newfoundland and all of Canada and at one point had 27 sales reps uh, reporting into me. And, and frankly, I didn't care where they were. They, they, we have CRMs that would gauge how successful you are in your sales and you either did the job or you didn't. So uh, I, I'm excited the fact that people are willing to allow this remote work 
And uh, I just want to say thank you to you. Uh, this has been fascinating listening to you talk about the tech sector, your own journey. And uh, I, I knew that this would be a, an engaging conversation, but uh, it exceeded my expectations. So thank you for that. Uh, Craig, uh, you know, I didn't know where it was going to go when we started. We were quoting Rocky at the beginning. Then we got into <laughs> Wayne's World. Then you started to throw terms at us like rocket surgery and arse in a cat. But then you threw, then you threw a big one at us, a transformational financial event. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on uh, Gale Force Winds, Craig. The, uh, to feel the passion that you have in your voice for Newfoundland and to, for you to articulate in such a great way of how everything seems to be working so well together at the moment. Granted, there's tweaks to be made, as there is always, but it's clear that Newfoundland is uh, it's on a trajectory to great success in this sector. And that doesn't happen without solid leadership from a lot of people, and you're a big part of that. So uh, on behalf of that entire sector, thank you, and thanks for being on the show. I always like to leave our audience, you know, with one little note, and that is... The world needs more guys like Craig Rowe around. Thanks for joining Gale Force Winds. I know lots of people who disagree with that. <laughs> uh, but can I, can I say one more thing? I don't know if you're supposed to have the last word, but I, and you, uh, I'll, I'll leave it at this. But uh, We'll give you the last word, Craig. Uh, no, I, I, I really appreciate the point that uh, you're calling me uh, about this, guys. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. And I tell you, this is one of the things that's, that's lacking in the world. You're here talking about good news stories, and there's a lot of those around, and most people concentrate on the negative. So good on you. This is great, and really appreciate it. Thank you very much, sir. Pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks, Jerry. Uh, Craig, I'll just add, I said we, we reached tens of people. Hopefully, having you on, we'll get to 11. 11. <laughs> Spinal tap. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to Gale Force Winds. That's Gale Force Winds, W-I-N-S dot com.